You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Louie After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Louie After Show. Yes. Louis, season four, After Buzz TV. Welcome, everyone. Wow. <laughs> the Louis train rolls on. Um, the Louis saga. The Louis saga. Oh my Lots to talk about today of the wonderful episode. Yesterday, what would have been episodes 11 and 12, but I think it was just one long mm-hmm. mega episode. I am <laughs> uh, Mario Hernandez. Sitting across from me is Kylie Hodges. Hi. And Carrie Long. Hi, everybody. All right. We are loving Louis. Right? What are, just before we even get into details, what did you think? I loved it. it. I saw on Twitter a lot of people, there was a a good amount of people liked it, but some other people were saying it felt very after school specially. And hmm. I can see where they felt that. But because this is Louie, I know that there's more to it than just like a don't do drugs. It's It's very much like reflecting on you as a child and then dealing yeah. with it as an adult. And there's so much, there's well, so think, much to go into. Yeah, that, that's kind of a... Uh, Say superficial analysis, but oh, that yeah. is very you know yeah. just because the subject matter was drugs and teenagers yeah. doesn't make it an after school special. But, and you know what made it real? I, I, and I kind of felt that way watching. I was like, well, this is different. And it was like it was all together. It was like one long episode. It wasn't the typical you yeah. know chopped up vignette. And then at the end, what said it was dedicated to you know the late Philip Seymour oh, Hoffman. Yeah. That's when I was like, okay. Whether well, it was coincidental or not, right. you know, and I'm sure we'll dive into that. But sure. that was a moment for me when I saw that. I was like, ah. So maybe I just felt guilty. I felt guilty for mm. feeling that way about the episode. And I saw it. And I was like, ah. Well, mm. sure. It's, yeah. um, it's once again, it's it, the story itself, the way it was told in flashback. And, and, mm-hmm. and if I didn't mention this, in, in the Woods is the title of the episode. Um, episodes 11 and 12, the uh, presumably the penultimate episode before our season finale. Of the all too short wonderful season four of Louis is told in flashback. Mm -hmm. It's an incident that happens in Louis's life and we get what is now basically on the show, a callback because there's been a couple of in the past episodes, a couple this season, um, the return of, of Louis's mom, Amy Landecker, who's been, who was in season one. Um, it, it just really feels like we are probing, the the deep, you know, deep parts of of Louis C.K.'s brain. Mm-hmm. Again, not necessarily him, even though there are details from the episode that are taken from his real life, and we'll talk about that. But I've said this before: we are we are we are in in the the show is the mind of a master, just like you would go to his stand up mm-hmm. shows, and he says stuff on there, and he gets you thinking. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that people. Many of my friends love Louis, love Louis C.K. Many of my friends love Louis, but just aren't watching the show live because who does that anymore? Mm-hmm. But I tell them, I say, when you watch this on Netflix in two years, you're going to say to yourself, wow, I can't believe that this was all one 
you know, when taken as a whole. And so there is that. The entire season yeah. now has been chopped up in this really interesting way. We had the six-part uh, episode arc of Elevator earlier. We had Pam part one. Mm-hmm. Presumably there will be a part two or and, and three, maybe. Um, but we were left with this very weird taste in our mouths of last week's episode, or the two weeks ago episode, where Louis may or may not have sexually assaulted Pam. Um, and then while we're stewing over that, while we're anticipating, oh, some sort of re- resolution or addressing of that, he drops this episode mm-hmm. in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. So I think every everything that's being done is very deliberate. The scheduling, yes. this kind of, I mean, and, and, and this is what I mean when I say art, is that it's not just one genre. It's not just comedy or drama or horror or all of these things that many series do so well. But when we're talking about the great series of all Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm. when we say things like The Wire and Breaking Bad and Mad Men, these are shows that shift emotional gears on you where one minute you're like, oh, that's that's awesome. And then an episode later, I hate that guy. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, how could they do that? And then you're sympathetic. And then that sympathetic character becomes someone else. And so yeah. this is what it is. You're, it's it's almost like a novel where you're you're being taken to all these different places. Games Game of Thrones is doing that as well. Yes. Um, I just it, this felt like a movie to me. And mm-hmm. even though it was ninety minutes, and we'll talk about those crazy commercials that FX has uh, <laughs> has decided to put in every uh, what seems like eighty five seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know you're watching. I was like, what? What the? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, I didn't realize it, but somebody mentioned this on the internet, and and I felt it. But it was just one of those where I wasn't going to stop and, and and examine it. So there's apparently a 14 minute part that goes straight through, and then commercials, and then after that long stretch, it goes to every five or six minutes. So it's five minutes, wow. then three minutes of commercials, then five minutes again, and then we were just wow. speaking to the um, Fargo podcast hosts out mm-hmm. in the waiting area. And they said that that FX is doing the same thing with Fargo. Is right? it the fourteen and five? Is it like a, a formula they've come up with, or they just let it run for a large chunk? That uh, well, they did. Curious the, has uh, to Fargo do. did the the pilot episode um, under the auspices of one of one sponsor, and so they paid for the entire episode. And that's not uncommon. Sometimes uh, right, they'll right. they'll pay for the series premiere, the season premiere. That way, there's no you know limited commercial interruptions. But since then. They said that that's what they've been doing, is that they've been doing shorter chunks. Mm. They take you right to the moment where you're super engaged. Because I found that very jarring. I'm watching this, and it's a really engaged episode. And you see, oh, what's going to happen? And then it's like, progressive insurance, that, you know, blah, 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 yeah. or whatever. I think that's smart, though, to give you 14 whole minutes with mm-hmm. no interruptions. Right. Because that's what's pulling us in. I feel mm-hmm. like if it was five minutes, first five minutes and then a commercial, I would have been more likely to flip through. Right, right. No, I mean, it's, committed. it's, look, I'm, I, I don't begrudge. I mean, that's how mm. the bills get paid. That's right. how we can increase the budgets on these shows. Um, I just saw an incredible figure. So Game of Thrones is $6 million per episode. Wow. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I wonder uh, what Yeah, we'll, we'll find out what the, what the budget is for this show. But, uh, it, it really, you know, you see where the money goes and you get it. I, I am looking forward to seeing this on a Netflix or even a faster DVR than I have at home <laughs> where, it can where you can have this kind of ebb and flow emotionally through through these scenes because they're you know they're moments of hilarity and then all of a sudden they switch gears to danger or you know trouble or you know uh, drama you know really tender scenes between parents and stuff. So let's jump right in. I mean, parenthood kind of being once again through the prism of parenthood, the world is a scary place. This 
problem that I think a lot of people have, which is where does your authority come from when you have a kid, when you yourself were once a young punk and you did not know anything? And actually, you, know, you may not know much more than, you know, especially if you're a younger parent. Um, you know, you were just a kid a few years ago. Now, you you know, you tack 10 years on to high school, and that's being generous. 10 years on to high school, then you have a kid. Now you're 30 years old and have, you know, a six, seven, eight year old. What is that? What, what do you know? How much more that's do you terrifying. know? I'm still an idiot. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think I know everything, but then I'm like, God, I'm so dumb. Like, you yeah. do something, you know, you close the door and you're like, oh my God, that's the dumbest thing I've you, done. You open the door, like in your face. You hit yeah. yourself with the door Daily. and you're like, why? Daily. I yeah. do dumb shit. Sorry. It yeah. is just the dumbest <laughs> stuff I do all the time. And I'm like, wait. And then I'm like, I have friends who have multiple children. How do they do it? Yeah. And I feel like we're on the wrangling same level of, of intellect, you know? Yeah. yeah. Wrangling cats. I don't know if I could do that. So it's just like you're saying, like, it's crazy. It's like, you just you just get thrown into parenthood. You can read yeah. all the books you want. Just thrown into it. Yeah, you're a no dad. Substitute. Do you have that moment you look at your child and you're like, I'm going to mess this up? Well, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I, use, the, I use the example of the hitting morning. my door. <laughs> And what did I do? No, I closed the car door on my finger. I, oh. I, I, yeah, I went ahead and just closed the door. I held, held on to the side of the door and then I closed it. And then my hand, my finger was still, my hand was still in the thing. The door closed and I'm sitting there. I'm like, for a split second, I'm like, did that just happen? Ow, ow. And I opened the door and then my thing was throbbing and, and the nail did not come off oh. this time. And, um, and yeah, and the whole time, all I could think about was like this poor child that's left in my care when I'm, you know, Game she's going to need a helmet for just to protect herself from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes dad. Oh, <laughs> Strap in. Um, yeah. So we, we begin this episode and, and I did a quick last minute run because I, I wasn't sure. We begin at the McCarran pool, which is in, um, in Williamsburg, uh, which might actually might be Greenpoint, might right there beyond the edge. So a really interesting, just a little side, side New York fact. A little New York life. fact. The okay, York. so the, the McCarran Pool uh, was a pool that was started by the Works Progress Administration (WPA). Franklin Delano Roosevelt. It was part of you know getting Americans working, and it became this huge Olympic-sized swimming pool that was basically the neighborhood's social center for decades um, until the 70s when the traditionally white Italian neighborhood started converting to more lower income blacks and Puerto Ricans. Some of and, and the reason I know this part of the story is because I worked with someone who was involved in this. And so uh, the teenagers who were of that kind of punk rock Ramones era didn't like that. They didn't like that these kids were intruding. In fact, Eddie Murphy grew up uh, just a quarter of a mile from here on the, on the East Williamsburg uh, side of the freeway. Anyway, um, and you'll hear actually Eddie Murphy and Char- Charlie Murphy talking about coming to the pool and this was, so this was the place to go. Well, the, you know, the kids, the punk rock kids, the white kids didn't like the kids of color coming into the neighborhood. So one night they went downstairs into the huge engine room that, that propels all the turbines for the pool. Oh, no. And, and, and by the way, these kids, you know, you hear, you hear these, these old timers talk about it now and they say, oh, well, then, you know, the neighborhood changed and there was disgusting. There was fecal matter. There were syringes. There was this whole thing. <laughs> so to them, it was, you know, the end of the world, the end of their pool. The kids go down there. They destroy the motors so that the pool cannot filter nice. water. They closed the pool, and it remained closed for about 25, 30 years until Whoa. until about uh, when I moved there, until about six or seven years ago. 
and um, they they it's now a big pool basin which they use for concerts. I went and saw the Beastie Boys there at their only Brooklyn like you can concert. Stand down in the pool. Right, right, right. And then they had the stage up what? at the thing, and yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, Live Nation, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. bought it and yeah. repaved it, and they're in the process of tr- converting it into a concert venue. And I wonder if that's the final look because uh, I thought that was on a rooftop for a moment, but then yeah. I recognized the Williamsburg condos in the background, so I had to do a quick look. So that's the history of wow. the McCarran Pool. Uh, which is now a concert venue, where we begin today's show, where we have nice. uh, Todd Berry That's and nice. uh, Louis C.K. hanging out, trying to blend in with the with the kids that <laughs> oh, all look, Todd you know, Barry. 20, 30 years younger. Todd Berry's super creepy in this scene. Yeah. Well, I he, mean, he yeah. always has been creepy, but like, <laughs> you know, illegal creepy. Right. Well, he doesn't stand out, you know, among the other comedians in a dark room. That's he doesn't true. stand out. But in the harsh light of day, surrounded oh by, you know, little girls and boys wearing, <laughs> you know, spandex, you know, wearing these, you know, spandau or bandau or whatever, yeah. uh, tops with the, you know, just hipsters. <laughs> and Williamsburg is, is ground zero for, for uh, the hipster movement. Um, to see them doing that. And just making these kind of old man observations, which is which I I think is also a funny detail, because the idea that, oh, I don't fit in here, like you only highlight how awkward you are by talking about it. Like, Mm -hmm. otherwise, you have a drink or you dance or you try to meet people. You you mingle. Right. That's what you do. But instead to just sit there and be those two guys that are like, look at these people, man. What are we doing here, man? What are we (laughs) You're just like you're just kind of isolating yourself further and further. And then we, you know, there's someone smoking pot. Can you believe it? I liked it when pot was 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 an illegal thing. And then, uh, and, and he'd actually kind of te- telegraphed the line because he mentioned some of these kids are Lily's age. Well, lo and behold, there's oh. Lily. And she is smoking a joint. She takes a puff and Louie comes over and grabs her and takes her away. And it's at this point that I think, yeah, there was that moment of, uh-oh, is this going to be a, hey, I'm so disappointed in you. How is he going to act? And he takes her to, to, to five guys. It's, uh, that's a good dad, by the way. It takes you to go take care yeah, of your munchies. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, wh- wh- what did you think at this point? What, what, where, did, where did the episode I, head I was so it? glad he grabbed her little arm and snatched her ass up and took her out. Because I know there's so many parents, and I've seen it at stores, especially – it's just – you know, out here on the West Coast, you see a lot of this alternative parenting. Because it was like, <laughs> no, I can't go embarrass my kid. The hell you can't. You snatch your little kid up and you just read them the right act and, like, take them out of the environment. Like, I know growing up, oh, my Lord, if my mom <laughs> knew ha- half the things I did growing up. What do you want to tell her right now? Uh, I did smoke the spice rack in the kitchen. <laughs> True story. Started at All Spice. And we just went through it. We didn't smoke pot or, like, tobacco. Wait, you smoked pot. real spices. Like, real spices. Like, is oh, this cilantro? Just Here's the oregano. Like I would, yeah, you ruined my spices. Here's some pot. Go smoke that. Yeah, she was a terrible cook. She wasn't using it. But, like, like, I love that part. And he brought her out to the tree, and I love that he had a red sweater on. It was like a raging bull. I was like, oh, my God, she's so full of anger. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, yeah. later in the episode, I'm sure we'll get to it, you know, Louis' younger character is wearing red. That's right. I just felt like there was a lot of color in this episode, too. Yeah. Because we'll get to it. But uh, I just, I like the red. And then he puts her by the tree, and he doesn't know what to do with her. Right. He's just so mad. But he just, ah, I freaked out, grabbed her, and I snatched her, and now what? I wanted him to explode. Because yeah. because when he gets upset, mm-hmm. like that scene a few episodes ago where he was uh, upset with his ex, and he's in the diner, and he's like, "I'm angry, and I can't yes. say." I, I wanted another one of those. <laughs> the moments. verbal vomit, yeah, yeah. 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 Because he, he he, you could tell he was really processing everything going on, and how do I right. handle this? How do I handle this? It, what do I do? Just became Louis. Yes, like right. Joe, hell, that was me. That's what I did, and so I guess there's that moment. I think every parent would have. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's and this episode, this then of course he goes into flashback and and the whole show develops. If you listen to his live at the Beacon Theater special, he does a whole thing about this where he mentions mm-hmm. stealing scales. He mentions that he had <laughs> smoked pot. Basically, mm-hmm. that he was a recovering drug addict by the time he got to high school. So a lot of that kind of um, similar idea, but again. This happens in all of our lives. We have an emotional response and then the logical response. The emotional response is, hey, mm. get my daughter out of there. This is not something, this is not an element that I want her involved in. What are you doing? You know, that kind of explosive, rah, 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 rah. But then the reality is, what am I actually saying? Because what do I actually feel? And given the fact right. that this was my experience, let me think this through. And, yeah. you know, kudos to him for not picking the let me let me tell you a story about what happened to a guy I once knew and then we go into the thing you know <laughs> it's him processing mm-hmm. remembering you know how how it feels to be stoned how <laughs> you know someone's kind of in your face and that's not cool um maybe uh you know just kind of flashing back to that emotional sense memory mm-hmm. and and so that starts to unravel and we and we have this flashback episode that's just incredible it's it's the young, presumably eighth grade, um, Louis. I forget. I think it, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem he's not in he's not in the New York public schools. So some some of them start there in the in the tenth grade actually. But oh. um, so we'll just say eighth grade for now. So we figured you know thirteen. He says at one point, right? He's thirteen, he's 13. in yeah. the show, and uh, it's just interesting because what basically transpires stays with him is is almost the as you say the beginning of Louis. The, the, the Louis that's on the show, which is you take one path and go one way mm. and take the other path and go and go the other. And that's what leads him to here. It's it's of course, it's very cinematic and very uh, literary that we have that one incident that's kind of set us on our path. And so that's what's happening. And by the way, I think at the end of the show, it's not necessarily don't do drugs, although they certainly they're not saying do drugs, but that um, it can that can be you that that can happen. Choose wisely, as best as you can, when you're a know nothing kid, and so that's that's what ends up happening. We see Louis's mother dropping him off at school, and so many wonderful details in that in that beginning. Um, there's the car, there's the mom. I think there was a lot of things that were communicated. She's a single mother. Mm-hmm. She's working late hours because she comes home and forgets to take him shopping for the for the dance. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that the. Louis and his two friends, Brad and Danny, are eventually Danny, right? Because he's, yes. he's at first the bully in the first few scenes. And by the way, that was my favorite line is when they're walking up to the dance and he's like, I hate you because you're short uh, as he walks <laughs> by. And I'm just like, that's just, I mean, if there's there's no better single line of, of uh, misplaced youthful rage. It's An just honest like, bully. You don't find those often. No, no, really no. Don't. Usually that's they're refreshing. just, you know, yeah. I hate you because you're short. You're short and I hate you. Um I like that they weren't painted as these three, you know, they weren't science geeks or they weren't, you know, they weren't all these things. Yeah, they They weren't. They were just boys. Yeah. They were just boys. And through that strange alchemy of of youth, one day they're enemies, the next day they're friends, and then a few weeks later they're enemies again kind of thing. And they that, lie to each other. They lie to each other. True they don't, friends. That's True right. Friends. They try to impress one another because yeah. we, we begin with Brad saying, oh, you know, I saw... I saw his mom's tits when I was when I was there, and he, he says, "No, you didn't." So, 
and then they get the call back because then Louis asked the girl to the dance. It goes back. He's like, I asked her out to the dance. He's like, no, you didn't. No. <laughs> so that's their line. We meet a wonderful teacher named Mr. Hoffman. Here's the oh, thing yeah. that you that you reference. So apparently that that role was written for Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm-hmm. um, eventually played by uh, Skip uh, Seduth, if that's how you pronounce his name. It was a wonderful character actor that you've yeah. seen in a bunch of things. Um, and he kind of plays a mentor with once again without being cheesy about it. It's not it's not it it could have been the let me tell you when I was you know hey, when I was kiddos. your age. Hey kiddo. Yeah. No, no, no. He it, lit a fart on fire. He's automatically a cool science teacher. And you know what's great? Who could get away with that today? <laughs> the great thing was like kids were like, Oh my god, he's so cool. And now, you know, they think it's about farts, but it's about methane gas and organic yep. fuel sources. What a clever teacher. Like I would love to know if there's any teacher out there that's thinking next week we're lighting farts on fire, you know, and if they could get away with it. It was just it was it was like you said it wasn't a cheesy teacher. It was real. He was passionate, cared about the students, which yeah. we see throughout the episode, and yep. almost like a paternal figure to Louis. Yes, absolutely. Certainly. Yeah. yeah, the closest the closest thing we've seen in in any of the flashbacks or really in any part of Louis's mm-hmm. life. This is the thing that constantly seems to resurface: the father figure that Louis wants in Doctor. Uh, the, the Charles Grodin doctor who just clearly just does not want anything to do with Louis. He's like, why do you keep coming back kind of thing? And uh, we get a little window into that when we see F. Murray Abraham. Well, now I'm jumping all around. Let me let me go in order here. <laughs> good episode. You it's can't just blame so good and, and good. also interconnected. Our chemistry teacher, Mr. Hoffman, um, says, what do you want to learn about? And there's this one kid who just wants to know about farting because he later asks, hey, if you fart in your dreams, do you <laughs> fart in real life? That is a fantastic question. That is, and one that I had never, I had I never really. I've ever considered. farted in a dream. No, have you I think ever farted in a dream. Like thought you farted in a dream. Kylie has a farting dream story. I think. Well, no, I just I think that if you're dreaming really that you're it. farting, you're probably really <laughs> farting because it's like if you're dreaming that you're talking. Have you ever woken up and you are saying out loud what you were saying yeah. in the dream? Well, then it's deep. But I, then I'm having a lot of farting. <laughs> Don't seem to remember. Uh, Let's ask your wife. Sorry, Mario's honey. Poor wife. Uh, she knows. <laughs> they uh, they do some experiments with a sweet potato, right? They're going to get some some energy from a sweet potato. They're going to light up the, the gas from sweet potato, which we never actually see. We do see another one with uh, an experiment with an egg, and then we start to slowly meet these these kind of side characters. We meet Mr. Hoffman's daughter for a moment, and uh, he gets in his you know. And once I gotta stop saying once again. Once again, <laughs> he says, "Stay away from my daughter. Don't do it. If I don't catch you looking at my daughter, <laughs> so I love that. You think he's like, I'm just kidding. Of course, ask her. He's like, seriously, ask her out, please. No, seriously. Go now, please. Okay. Do yeah. it now. Do it. <laughs> then we meet Danny, who is uh, played by Oscar Wahlberg, son of Robert Wahlberg, who's part of the Wahlberg clan um, that we know so well." Uh, from New Kids on the Block on, uh, <laughs> best known for which is fun- which is funny because I was I was the I was these kids' age when New Kids on the Block came out. Uh, kids these days, and we say the great and Mr. Hoffman says the great triumvirate of science people. He says Galileo, Einstein, Louis. I mean that's it. That's that's all you need to know, and that's what should be taught yep. in the Common Core. Which is funny because Louis is is started a Twitter war about the common core standards. So we meet Danny, who's a bully, says, you know, do you want to get hit now? He, one of the, uh, scheduling I it. love that. Yeah, it's got, like pay now or do layaway yeah. almost. Yeah, he's doing a layaway <laughs> punching plan. Brad says, I need my glasses. Danny says, okay, but give them back after your test. And he's it. got a bunch of, like, which ones are they? these? No, what these. sensible bully. Yeah, what is he doing? This is a, it's, this guy is the, yeah, the Marshall's 
or the raw stress for less of bullies. He's just you can do layaway. He'll hold your yeah. stuff at the front. He's gonna be a great businessman. Right. Great drug dealer. He's gonna be exactly in, <laughs> Once he in gets out of prison. The pen, he is yeah. really gonna do big things. Or the awkward dance invitation to to Mr. Hoffman's daughter. Oh God. And um, then we go to the dance, and I thought we were gonna see another at the dance. Pretty in pink, your yeah. usual, you know, the big confrontation, the this. When he said, let's go smoke it in the woods, for some reason I thought the show was going to take a very dark turn. <laughs> I thought, uh-oh, this is not. And and I was like, oh, that's why the episode is called In the Woods, because they leave what should have been the nice shelter of the school, and it's going to end up being some crazy adventure. And it oh, sort wow. of is. They run into Danny, who's the bully, and he's having a cigarette. And the kids, while stealing, while Brad stole a joint from his older brother, he did not bother to get a lighter. Rookie mistake. And, um, but Danny is a smoker, so he has his Zippo and he lights up the joint and voila, a, a friendship an that era is, begins. an era begins, uh, however short. When we come back from the commercial break, and that was a nice pause because I thought they're going to come back to the dance. No, instead we cut to what is presumably another night at another time where they are now friends. They're sitting on the bed together. Um, Brad is 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 cutting up the 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 weed to put it, but he keeps saying, "I don't have papers, I, I don't papers. have papers." But he's still like a good boy, just keeps grinding it. And uh, <laughs> smart, and uh, don't waste time. And um, and Danny and Louie are kind of joking. They they are already seemingly high and are kind of you know looking at albums and and when he punches him and they fall off. And and already we see that there's a bond between mm-hmm. the three of them. Yeah. Danny lights that stick of dynamite in the bathroom stall, and that's where I thought. Like, okay, Louis gets arrested. This is going to be the story of the time Louis went to jail when he was 13. (laughs) Or like, yeah, that was kind of where I anticipated a dark... A dark turn. And again, they don't even get in trouble. He's like, go to class. Yeah. There is dynamite in the trash on yeah. fire. Yeah. What a forgiving time in the in like, the schooling, wow. public schooling yeah. system. Yeah. Not quite. Have them arrested. Well, make it I news. Mean, the, the firecracker in the in the in the garbage can is just kind of a classic. And I love that too, by the way, because it's clearly said in uh, 1980 or 1981 because yeah. they mentioned uh, Reagan being shot. And but there's, as you mentioned, Kennedy. There's a picture of Kennedy in the principal's office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's. The throwing the firecracker in the trash can. It just seems like very 50s kind of grease. Yeah. And I was thinking throw, about Archie this. Comics kind of <laughs> because it, it, bad boy fun. It, it seemed like, a, um, oh gosh, what episode was this? When we saw the flashback of Louie with his ex when they mm-hmm. were young. Yeah. That looked the like pregnancy. it took place in like the 50s or the yeah. 60s. So he, I feel like he just kind of jerks us around with. Yeah. Time. Yeah, I mean to the degree that this episode is 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 realistic enough or kind of almost exists in a separate world from the one where a hurricane destroyed half of New York. <laughs> right. And the Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat. Right. Took out half the Eastern Seaboard. It seems like this is this is his memory. And yes, those things kind of get get turned. I know that happens now where I start to say, Oh, I was with this friend and and I've actually I have a good friend that I that I call him my personal historian because he's like he's like, No, you didn't you didn't you know you didn't go out with that girl, it was the other girl. You didn't meet that girl till years later. <laughs> it's like oh, right. essential. Yeah. Essential, especially for the drunken stories. And no matter how hammered they're like, No, 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 no. this is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't there. They pull out a timeline. They're exactly. good to have in your portfolio, friends. The historian. Yeah. Well, and I contact him now. I say, Hey, was that that time that we went out when we joined the kickball league? Was that the time we went to this bar? And he'll write me back. He's like, No, because because you know that was the playoffs. And this is, oh right, okay, thank oh, you. It's amazing. <laughs> Clearly, he smokes pot. Clearly. <laughs> so, Louis now, and the whole time we're cutting back and forth. 
Yeah. We're cutting, but not a lot and not heavy handed. I like that the segments did not directly relate to the story because we're actually just seeing kind of Lily come out of her haze where she mm-hmm. eats and then he's cooking bacon and she's in a daze yeah. at the kitchen table. And then later on we see she emerges and she's been sleeping all day or whatever. It's the thing where we're not being hit on the head. There's not necessarily a message. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important because Louis trusts you. There is there is an instinctive um, emotional pull to the story that may be ambiguous. Again, it might be where you come down on the on the drug question or the parenting question or the Louis is is an idiot or Louis is suppressed is suppressing his feelings from that time or or whatever, you know, armchair psychologist slant you want to put on it. But in going back and forth, we see a progression of time in the present day Louis where he's mm-hmm. just kind of wow, really this is all kind of coming back to him and we wonder well where is this going? Apparently, this takes you right into the basement of Jeremy Renner, two-time Academy Award winner <laughs> Jeremy Renner. And how surprising was that um, to see him there? And his three or four scenes, I don't know if you noticed this, were all one takes, were all one shots. The camera oh, moves, really? he comes in, uh, he sits yeah. down, buys some pot, gets up, the camera follows him, he goes to the door, Jeremy Renner comes to the door and says, hey, can you get me those scales? So Louis lets it slip that those scales that Jeremy Renner is complaining about our school has them, and they're, you know, at the time, they're expensive, top-of-the-line scientific scales, which are perfect for, you know, weighing your marijuana. And he says, you know, get me a bunch of those. And then when he said that, I said, okay, that's where the episode is. Yeah. It's going to be this thing where this is this is Louis's moral dilemma, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, lasts a commercial break because he goes ahead and does it. It's no, no big deal. <laughs> There was no scene where he was processing whether he should no. do it or not. It was just kind of like, well, no. okay. Well, on one this hand, is what I got to do. On one hand, you have his continued life as Louis, the the corner of a of a you know triumvirate of stoners. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, we see, and we don't see the usual rise to social fame kind of thing as you know girls are coming around him at the party and like, hey, he's walking in slow motion. We don't see that. Mm-hmm. Instead, we just see he's throwing a party. And what I think is remarkable is he and his friend Danny, they notice that Brad is not at this party and they go looking for him. So instead of instead of living it up and being like, yeah, I got I got weed. I'm throwing this party. Ladies, I'm the weed man. Yeah, he kind doesn't, of thing. He doesn't want to sell. He just wants to share it. He just wants to share it with share his friends, it. which is funny because I don't think he has friends other than these two guys. Right, yeah. Everyone just kind of they, they don't make fun of him. They don't bash him or anything. They just he's just a guy in the class. The the daughter, Mr. Hoffman's daughter, doesn't doesn't mm. she just kinda like, hey. Doesn't mm-hmm. cringe, doesn't you know. At that one time when the dad starts to Louis or Louie, it's like, Dad, don't. <laughs> um which is great because the you that that speaks to their whole relationship mm-hmm. and their whole backstory mm-hmm. without having to do that. So we throw the big the big party and during all of this we start to see Louis slowly becoming a stoner detached from his mother. There's a great scene where we're listening what is presumably the music in his headphones. Mm-hmm. And kudos to the music folks at Louie because they gave you shades of certain songs that sounded of that era. Your Pink Floyds, your Motorhead, these kind of these these bands of that era, but they're not actually the songs. No. They're just kind of, you know, one or two notes off of these riffs or instrumentations that 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 are evocative of that era. This kind of space stoner stuff and and Louis is listening on his headphones his mother's driving they used to talk and they used to interact and instead yeah, he just exactly. gets out with his headphones 
somebody else talks to him and he just ignores them. He goes and then when he takes off the headphones, the sound stops. <laughs> so just some really great um, sequences. Jeremy Renner plays a drug dealer named Jeff Davis who lives in the basement, in his basement, running his weed. and With and Pepper the Cat. With Pepper the Cat, who has an eye fungus or a, a yeast, yeast infection, yeast infection in the eye. Very, uh, very. And they have a weird moment. Yeah. They do, yeah, which reminds me. a weird Pepper. moment. The cat's like, cat. shh, puts its paw on its mouth, like, don't talk to yes, me. Yes, let's not do this. Wait for the camera. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Very, it reminded me of The Godfather, the opening scene in The Godfather, where Marlon Brando is playing with the cat, which was this wonderful improvised. I mean, obviously, right? The cat doesn't isn't really taking acting classes, but it, uh, it was this wonderful thing where Marlon Brando is playing with the cat, and the cat's kind of pawing him back, and it was this really lovely moment that, of course, is now film history. But um, so we cut back to the five guys where Lily is eating her hamburger, slowly making our way back to the to the to Louis's house, back in time. This is – I just wrote down some quick quotes from that first meeting with Jeremy Renner. He, he says, you an asshole or what? Um, which is because those are the choices. Are you you're either an <laughs> asshole or you're what? And um, he's talking about weed. He says, this is nothing. No big deal. This is a plant. Right? It's just like there's just no – the 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 automatic defensiveness of someone who's had to kind of explain himself to, to other people – you know, literally preaching to the choir because it's like, I'm here to buy weed. And he's just like, yeah, what is this? It's nothing, right? And it's like, of course it's nothing. I'm here. Um, so the science room, we see Louis, we see him in front of the scales and then loading up the bag. When he comes home, he actually comes home with the bag of scales, that first haul. And um, Louis's mom confronts him because she had gone through his room. Right, she mm-hmm. had she had been. She and she started found nothing. Right. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There was. She no. gave it a pat down. Like she she acted. It seemed like you could, from the exposition, you could tell in that moment. It seemed like she had done smoke pot. She she wasn't a rookie. Like she was like looking on the poster. Like she knew where to look. Right, because you're you know thinking I mean? this so is now this, 1980. So yeah, generationally, she, she knows. Her she knows because she was of that era. Yeah. yeah that mama yeah. was a hippie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. or whatever, whatever was was a. Madman that she, she was a Sally Draper. <laughs> Mathematically, she fits in as Sally okay. Draper, um, who already smokes. So yeah, there is that whole nice background. Who, who married an older Mexican gentleman, played by F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> F. Murray Abraham, by the way, has now played three separate roles in three different seasons. He played the uncle last season, and then he played a completely unrelated character um, earlier in the series. So I, I think F. Murray Abraham is just kind of the go-to guy once again these kind of casting gymnastics that mm. that Louis CK likes to do you an asshole or what um on the second time we come back when Louis shows up with the scales <laughs> this lovely little drug waif is hanging out <laughs> named Allison and um she's sitting there smoking cigarettes and just relaxing and, and again one of these kind of hangers on where we don't know exactly it's the girlfriend or probably just a girl that just scores from like please yeah, don't yeah. give Louis a handy like just yeah. please yeah, the, like, I, actually, yes. I actually like, pictured please. that getting really weird it's some like, sort of like God. oh he's young should I I'll teach him how to be a man yeah. Yeah. yeah come here big fella but again maybe that would have been too predictable so thank God <laughs> like, can't right. have that right I was I was nervous. I didn't want to see an HJ. So I don't see what uh, I don't see what what Louis's big hangup is. I mean, it seems like he's had women throwing themselves at him for, but again, not for 
Not for the right reasons. Not for the right reasons. Not for Louis. Not for Louis, but because of what Louis brings to the table. Scales. Whether it's weed, scales. Scales, scales in this case. I got the good scales. I got the best scales, girl. <laughs> I need them scales. Um, He's so pre-breaking bad. You know? <laughs> Louis this was on something way back then. Like the real Louis knew way back then. He knew that the future lay in chemistry. Yes. Better living through chemistry. Now, <laughs> when I, we... Yes? I was just going to say, I thought it was really awesome how Louis told off his dad. That's what I'm looking at here. And his dad didn't... I mean, his yeah. dad was like, point taken. I was, I've was. i been a shitty dad for a little while and just walked out. I, yeah. I didn't expect that. Just well, and you imagine the frustration, the Hail Mary pass that is bringing in the dad. So the mother can't handle it. And it's trite and it's a cliche so i you know he's yours now and he goes off to live with the father and they get they it's this whole thing um james elroy the author was kind of like that his mother was murdered but it's this idea where you go off to live with your father because he's the one and it's you know those years of being a man yeah you know those are it's it's it's, again almost a literary trope that 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 appears from time to time so just when you think we're going down that path where this is the point where louis goes to live with his father from the ages of 13 to 18 in boston or wherever else um, he says, go fuck yourself. He yeah. just basically, I mean, literally tells him that a mm-hmm. couple of times. Yeah. And I wrote here because, of course, he's Mexican and, 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 and there was no, no overt reference to it beyond F. Murray Abraham's accent. Uh-huh. I just wrote no mas. Just, uh, it's just <laughs> no like mas. this is what's happening is that this is My not, uh, you know, F. Murray Abraham tells him you're not doing this anymore. And young Louis is just like, piss off. You yeah, know, you're yeah. not, you, who are you? I don't even know. In, in what is a foreshadow of the speech that his mother is going to give him, which is, who are you? What's your deal? You're a stranger to me. What do I know of you? Yeah. And it was a nice parallel, too, for when Jeremy Renner's character is like, oh, yeah, you're man shit, you're yeah, man shit. You're like, a man now. You think you're so tough telling your dad off, which that takes some big cojones. You know, right. when you're little and you remember that moment when you kind of stood up to your parent. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, then somebody puts him right back in his place. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was nice. It was like, just nice moving us right through the storyline. It was good. The moment at which you think you become a man versus the moment at which you actually become a yes. man, that, that reckoning, that is, for most of us, is never that clear. I mean, you ladies remember when you first became a man, I yeah, presume. Yeah, I do. Um, it was weird. I woke up I and 17. I was like, what is this what under is the shit? I'm a man. <laughs> uh, no, but college? That, that moment at which you grow up, the thing sure. that they make us do, um, is not so cut and dried. As a Louis episode where you remember that one time that I swore never again, but it, it, it's just a great representation of that of that feeling. And so when the gig is up eventually, right? Well, they throw, yeah. they throw the, the, the party, they go, and, and Brad has been... Brad's parents done set him straight. Yeah, they well, don't dick but, around. And, but Mush was, is going away. Mush is going away. He's going to Phillips, which is a, a private school, um, very fancy boarding school in the Northeast. And we see just the, the difference, the kind of this, you know, splitting the difference because uh, Brad goes in one direction. He gets, you know, sent to private school. And that's his punishment, by the way. Um, whereas Danny gets arrested at school. And we can only assume because there's a there's a list of other when when the principal is asked what happened. When excuse me, when Louis asked what happened to the principal, he starts giving a litany of offenses mm-hmm. that we knew because Danny was a bully beforehand, and we can presume that whoever Danny was hanging out with before, they they were probably up to no good as well. Yeah, it said he got arrested for beating up Brad. 
Which I thought was interesting because that that was the oh. little guy, right? The little oh, one that had okay. To go to oh, right, right, right. Okay. So, so it's like I wonder if his parents. parents. That's his parents then. It had okay. to, yeah the over-involved parents that were like. I didn't realize that that was the bring right. this of right. And, and it's down. interesting that Louis didn't get named. Because yeah, well, they would know their kids hanging out with this sure, redhead, sure. this you know, there's a ginger hanging around, and then Louis didn't get named. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a parent thing. It's like, well, he's a you know, let's just pin it on the Danny kid. Plus, Danny's the one who hit the car, you know. But I'm surprised that Louis wasn't Danny named wasn't in there. Oh, right, that's the vandalism that they mentioned. Mm-hmm. Of so well, that maybe and, that's why. And Louis stood up for Brad at that moment. That's right. Yep. And so I think Brad, if he had to, if he was confronted after that again to name yeah. names, he probably was like. Eh, Louis well, actually my real friend. And Danny yeah. didn't attack Louis, even though Louis was no. calling him stupid, which I thought... Yeah, I thought he was going to blow up because yeah. his brother called right. him stupid. The principal and the teachers referred to him as a dumb, basically a lost kid. Yeah, you know? prob- a problem child. Yeah. And he got beat up by his own brother. I mean, that scene yeah. was... Mom, now, mom is see, sick. Yeah. Classic bully. Yeah, exactly. you see real like, problems. somebody else is bullying them at home and... yeah. So now when, when the actor Tony V, whom I remember from The Fighter as the um, husband of, of, um, of uh, who? the mother. In The Fighter? Oh, I'm sorry. The, no, the which, guy that plays the principal. Character? Oh, okay. Uh, Tony V who plays the principal. Really nice scene between him and Louis where he says, look, I know you took the scales. I can't prove it. I'm not a cop. I'll take it. I'm a man. What are you? Mm. You know, you're a kid. I can't wait to get you out of here. And so there is this, this idea that you – the people that support you, you know, as you get older, as you get deeper, your friends become fewer and fewer, your advocates. And truthfully, the only advocate for Louis was operating, Mr. Hoffman was operating under false assumptions, was and thinking. I, yeah, and I kind of, I for a moment when he was like, well, Louis would never do that. I thought he knew Louis took the scales, but he knew Louis was better than I thought than that his, as well. I thought that he was covering for him. For him. Right. absolutely did. So I, I it was not. I don't want to say nice, but it was just, it was good to see that, you know, at the end we're like, oh, he really truly believed in Louis. And you see his face melt when Louis, you know, confesses and says, I yes. did at the end. Oh, but yeah. my yeah. heart sank when the teacher stood up for him because uh, I totally someone stood had up for you? this moment. <sighs> did this in, okay, so I was did like Susie High School. I was like president of everything, straight A's, 4.0 student, but my. You know, my work ethic at 16 and 17 was, okay, I've worked really hard, so I'm allowed to play really hard. So I started drinking, and I started smoking pot, <gasps> and I threw a party, and my mom caught me. Mm. And uh, she caught me because uh, someone had written me a note, and I had it in my pocket. Oh, she and did you did laundry. laundry. Yep, and laundry. along with that note was a note that I had forged in her signature oh. to get out of study hall. Oh. And I had been doing that all year. So my mom called school, and the the principal loved me. And she said, Kylie's been lying to you all year. She's been forging notes. Do what you want with her. And, like, it was awful because the principal, like, took me in the office and did the I'm real disappointed talk. You know, and it's like. I'm disappointed in you just listening to that. I'm so sorry. You disappointed me years later afterwards. (laughs) I had such high aspirations. I'm done. I can't work with this person. (laughs) So awkward. All of After Buzz is Well, Mario has Sorry. left. Way to go, Kylie. But it's, you know, right, when I'll you're a kid and you get the <laughs> I'm disappointed in you kind of, oh. when you know that someone who really, truly cared for you and then you let him down and yep. you know that you just can't make up for it, like, oh, that hurts. And even when you see him, like, later on, like, at a reunion 10 years after high school or something, you know what I mean? You're still, like, you can just never yeah. let go of that. Yeah. Ah, the guilt. I still feel bad. Well, because this is the time you can't really rely on on being a young idiot, although that's essentially what you are. But you have enough of a conscience. You you have enough of a self – you have enough self-awareness 
that. I knew at the moment this was not right. But again, the benefit, either, you, you can not give him the scales, right? You can not steal the scales and, you know, try to scrounge $10 between the three of you when you don't work to try to buy a pot that way. Or you can steal these scales, take advantage of someone's trust, steal the scales and get pot and popularity and friendship and pot and good times and pot and, and pot and don't forget pot. I mean, <laughs> two ounces per scale is a great deal for Jeremy Renner. Actually, everybody involved. That's a good deal for everyone. Yeah. Uh, especially when the uh, Passaic County uh, School District or whoever is paying for it is picking up the bill. Um, yes, I just moved Louis to Jersey. Um, so it, it just. It, it's a no-brainer because you because you have no brain then, but because it, it's an easy decision for you because the benefit is so huge, and then when you get caught as Louis does, it's not you know it's it's not devastating. I like that we don't see him like crying in his room, but there's a really wonderful one of the most iconic I think moments of the episode for me is when Louis is outside of the house and he's watching his mother wash the dishes. And there's this wonderful, what sounds almost like a modern kind of indie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just that kind of guitar, that longing guitar. And then we see the point of view of the mother who only sees herself in the reflection. So she can't see Louis outside looking in at him because of the lighting. A nice little you know, cinematic uh, trick that shows both what they can be thinking. And I'm sure she's still thinking about him as she's washing dishes and just being like, well, what am I going to do? And she's kind of approaching the end of her rope. And here is Louis saying, what am I doing? Why am I treating people like this? And then toward the end, we see um, what you asked, which is what I think is either rehab or some sort of um, counselor mm-hmm. um, played by Josh Hamilton, who, by the way, is in a great uh, <laughs> film called um, Kicking and Screaming, not, mm-hmm. the Will, not the Will Ferrell version, the earlier um, college uh, comedy. Josh Hamilton plays and just has this very small monologue where he says, it sounds like you're medicating. And I think that that's an oversimplification of sorts. But these things are all kind of wrapped in together. The divorce... The issues of manhood, peer pressure, the loveliness of drugs. Let us let us not. The reason why drugs are so good or, or so addictive is because they're so good. And Louis C.K. talks about that in his stand-up. He says mm-hmm. they're just because you know because drugs are awesome. So it's hard to say no to drugs and and not continue, especially when if your life sucks. Chris Rock has a great uh, sketch about that. How mm-hmm. you know uh, you know people do drugs because life sucks. Um, but uh, Devin Druid, who plays a young Louis, is coming up in uh, HBO's uh, Olive Kittredge. He um, just does a really nice, before we see the Louis later on of the affected, you know, kind of smart guy, you know, rah, 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 before he becomes the, the comedian, and even before the young newlywed Louis that we see, or, or a new dad, soon-to-be dad Louis that we saw a few episodes ago, just plays him as this morose. You know who he reminded me of? He reminded me of uh, Wiley Wiggins, the kid from uh, Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Who just kind of didn't do much, just kind of roll with the punches, man. And he just, quiet I don't know, he, had, he just had the quiet observer, that kind of hangdog look of just like the, you know, the oversized military jacket and the floppy hair. And he just kind of, I don't know, he kept reminding me of there. that. Yeah, just, just always there. there. The, the, yeah, the observer is the perfect, is the perfect mm-hmm. way to describe mm-hmm. it because he's just there and he's taking it all in. And, you know, one way or another, I'm sure, just like the woman that Louis meets, uh, I forget in what season, that he goes back to, to meet her, I think it was season one, where she doesn't remember him. Nobody remembers. Nobody remembers a guy like Louis. We don't remember those guys. We don't remember those kids from high school. They were just kind of middle of the road, meh, especially if they were part of the kind of stoner crowd, unless you were part of the stoner crowd, but I wasn't. They were part of that crowd where they just kind of kept to themselves and smoked weed behind the gym or whatever. Like, you don't really remember those those people. So, yeah. over. Yeah. The scene with the guidance counselor, I, 
I loved it because it felt like Louis was more the adult than the yes. counselor was. Mm. And it it was funny because the, the the counselor had this like really happy attitude, but I think he was just trying to like get through another day of counseling another screwed up teenager like, "Oh, yeah, you know, you're self-medicating divorced parents, okay, you know." Well, that's, try not to do drugs, but That's part that's part of that whole <laughs> I am your friend. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey. You know, he dresses cool and he lets his beard grow out. He's got the long hair. He's got he's his like, feet on the desk. He's got his feet up on the Ooh, desk. Everything radiates. Cool. Feet uh, on the desk. I'm hip, man. Get Let's, yeah, exactly. Was and that's, yeah. Go as ahead. hard, well, it, it just seemed like as hard as that guy tried, <laughs> nobody is ever going to get Louie. And when I was that age, that's how I felt. Nobody is ever going to get me. No matter how much I try to explain myself for my actions, no adult or even nobody my own age is really going to get why I'm doing the things that I'm right. doing. Even I don't really Because get you it. don't know. You yourself exactly. don't know what exactly. it is, why you're doing it. And Louis doesn't. But your worldview, I mean, what, whatever that is, that's all you have to hang on to. And so whether it's the divorce, whether it's the lack of a, of a male role model, whatever the thing is, in his case – it's a sign of weakness to even stop and admit, like, I don't know what I'm doing. You can't do that because all you have is yourself. All you have is your identity. Mm-hmm. You don't have a job. Mm-hmm. You don't have a life. You don't have a significant other of any real substance. So all you have is me. I am me. And the more society and, and people who are older than you and that know more than you, they say, you need to do this. You need to do this. Well, no, man, you don't know me. <laughs> it's a, and it's like, it's not about knowing you. It's knowing the world. And so when we come, when we yeah. loop back around to Louis at the very end in this really, okay, here we go. Here's, here's the big scene. Lily emerges from her bedroom. What time is it? It's six o'clock. You slept really a long time. Have a seat. Okay. You know, so this is it. And he's like, no, you know what? After now, presumably rehashing the whole scene that we've, that we've seen the entire day. episode. He's just been processing. He remembers that what life, you, you know, you got your decisions and you hope you make the right decisions. And if you don't, there can be some serious consequences a la Danny, you know, who ended up somewhere, presumably in jail. Um, there's definitely a connection between affluence and being able to get out of situations. If you're richer, obviously, in this country, you're able to get out of more jams than if you were poor. So there's a little commentary on that. Mm-hmm. I found it really incredible how he really got by with everything. Everybody was like, well, all right. You know. Yeah, he it's just, the, it's just, just it. go on, Louis. It's the suburbs. The, it's, yeah. it, and, and we see a lot of that also on, on campus with, with you know, sexual assault and, and drugs, mm-hmm. drinking and drugs. Schools are less, in particular colleges, are less apt to call the authorities because that's a that's a thing. PR and issue. by the way, that's mm-hmm. also not only is it a PR issue. You know, if you're a parent and you're looking, your kid's a little bit of a knucklehead. Are you going to send them to the school where you know they call the cops, or are you going to you know you're kind of again paying just for the privilege? Get of, that degree, keep them in there. Yeah, get that yeah. privilege. Just get just dear God, get the piece of paper. Maybe their life will be better. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah totally. When I, I the school I went to, Georgetown, we had a few years after I left there. Um, there was somebody got killed on campus. There was a boy that that was drunk, and a fight ensued, and he fell, and he cracked his head on the stairs, mm. and that was that was a whole nightmare. But as, if I recall correctly, the kids were not prosecuted. It was it was a thing. Wow. So again, a scary world that you that you let your kids loose on. The best you can hope for the the worst thing you can do is to make an enemy of them, and the worst thing you can do is to come down hard on them. And I think that that's what Louis might have been remembering 
is that there were a lot of people that gave him chances that he did not deserve, mm-hmm. yeah. that he did not earn. In sure fact, didn't. he was guilty as hell mm-hmm. of the very things that he was exactly what people saw when they looked at him. And yet, so before you start to come down, and, and it's a much different world and it's a much different place. And, mm-hmm. you know, these girls are wonderful and they have, you know, these extracurricular activities and the older sister looks out for the younger sister and on and on and on. So these are things that are that are important to look at and just a wonderful parenting lesson by Louis C.K., which complicates our feelings because we're still in the midst of this question of sexual assault. Oh, yeah. Of what's happening with Bear. We say, God, what oh, yeah, a good father. Wait a minute. He's a rapist. Day. Yeah. You know? So that that's Ugh. a very important, that's a that's a very uh, uh, intentional moment, I think, on, on Louis C.K.'s part. Saying, I'm going to drop this in the middle of this other thing. Hey, before you think Soften I'm a total, yeah, yeah, before you think I'm a total misogynist, just so you know, I look out for the younger <laughs> ladies or the drugs because I had that own, that that experience. Wow. Not that it matters at this point because none of our predictions have even remotely come true. But let's mm-hmm. come up with some one more. Let's let's do one more prediction before the end of the season. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. I feel like I'm like about to take a test in college that I didn't mm-hmm. study for. I'm like, come on, come on, brain. Think of something crazy, and and it doesn't matter because it's not whatever well, you think is going to happen is not going to happen. We've touched on love, right? Yeah. Love, drugs. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick pick like a major theme. Some sort of huge. These are not small things that that Louis is dealing with. These are really, really going to. I think we're going to look back on the season. You know, the um, the couple of now incidents of was it sexual assault? Was it assault when he punched the model at the beginning? Um, The uh, uh, fat girl episode. uh, So did the fat lady episode. And now. Yes, Carrie has come up with it. Here we go. This is what's going to happen in the final episode. Sister Carrie. Folks, ready, guys? Do it. I think Eddie, not Eddie, oh my God, sorry. I'm thinking of a really good friend named Eddie, who's a huge friend of Louie. So, Eddie, I know you listen. Louie loves you, so do I. Um, For the final episode of Louie, I think what's going to happen is Louie's not going to get away with it. Whatever it is, it might be the smallest thing in the world. Because every episode, if you think back to the entire season, somehow Louie just just even if it's awkward even you know in in the episode where he was like no no you're not fat you know that whole episode which you know it, he still got away with it yeah she, yeah, she read him the riot act but he didn't end up with her he didn't end up with her he, he got he out of continue. it he dodged yeah. it you know in his mind yeah. and in everything so i think in the final episode i think louis finally going to have to deal with it head on he's not going to get away with it which would set us up for an amazing season five L- louis is the new black <laughs> he's a new black, and then we will binge watch him on Netflix. Oh, gosh. Kylie, what do you is? think is in store for... All I can keep thinking about now is how Louis has to make payments of $5 million dollars <laughs> a week or whatever to pay for the rich model yes. with the broken eye. Um, I really enjoy scenes with him and his ex, and yeah. I would like to see something more develop from that, whether it's another fight or... Like the last time we saw them uh, hug during the Hurricane of Jasmine Forsyth, maybe. I don't know. What's uh, what's her boyfriend's name? Patrick? Patrick. Patrick. Maybe Pat- Patrick leaves her and, and really Louis consoles is able to get in there. Possibly. Yeah. I'm going to say. <laughs> that's that's a far. That's a stretch. I'm going to say that a strange love triangle is going to develop between Pam, 
Louis and his ex and, mm, and mm-hmm. see how that oh, there, there will be some well <laughs> no says the married oh. man no oh, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying at all no 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 that's the wrong show that's your thinking that that would be Louis on USA oh. um, right, this right, is right. FX oh, so okay. somebody dies no um, no I think I think I think more to the point what will happen is there there will be some sort of something involving the girls there will be some sort of parental. So Louis will be faced with choosing someone that he genuinely loves and care for, cares for and that he's been pining after versus the woman that is best suited to help him raise his daughters who it's very clear are entering an important period in their lives where they need some sort of guidance, if mm-hmm. not observation and vigilance. So, um, yeah, that's great. Well, we look forward to the final to the final two episodes of the season, season four of Louie. Uh, thank you so much. Steven in the booth. Thanks, Steven. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, tell us your uh, uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Kylie Hodges. Hi, guys. You can follow me at Comedia Carry on Twitter. That's C-O-M-E-D-I-A-C-A-R-R-I-E. Great. And I'm Mario. You can follow me at Cinemario. That's Cinema and Rio. C-I-N-E-M-A-R-I-O. Thank you so much. Thank you to Steven. Thank you to Maria for starting this wonderful network for us. And we will see you next week for the season finale of Louie. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz. Buzz. See you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.